You gotta handle the rock with flair and rhythm if you wanna be judged on wood brain and concrete courts in New York. This ain't no nickel and dime. It's dribbling dimes where scoring never looked this good. I guarantee it. But was your reputation built from the playground up? Or did you call next when they took that ish? Or cause you weren't as fast as police and ambulance sirens? Or as loud as Mr. Softy ice cream? No. You see, this is New York City hoops in prime time. As beautiful as the skyline, it's dribbling dimes. <laughs> Tengo una tierra tan linda y tan grande Que me la dio la gracia de Dios Dominicano soy Dominicano Machucano, machucano, machucano Yo, what's good? This is Dribble and Dimes We're back, quarantine episode But yo, check this, ladies and gentlemen let me give you a little bit of a summary of as to who we're about to talk to right now. He played his high school basketball at All Hollows High School. Now, if you are a fan of the show, you know we've had few people from from All Hollows already. Um, I, I guess if we're taking it all the way back, we got Tony Childs as the elder statesman. Uh, we got Randy Williams was on uh, previously. We had um, Mr. McCullough. Was on, uh, and I want to say I want to say this gentleman is the fourth, but I could be wrong. I think I might be missing somebody, so apologies if I am. But we have more All Hollows people on this on this podcast than I would have ever imagined, and that's just my own ignorance. So no shade on on All Hollows, just this dude just didn't know. <laughs> All right, so I mentioned All Hollows. He played ball. This dude is from the Bronx. He he grew up there. Um, Collegiately, he earned a scholarship to play at the University of Pittsburgh. Now, again, if y'all know, there's a pipeline of Dominican-American cats that go to Pitt. And we featured, I must say, all of them. And if I'm missing somebody, call me, dogs. Let's get this going. <laughs> um, he played alongside another BX beast, Mr. Carl Krauser. He was senior to him. Uh, he's been a part of the Dominican national team for quite some time, affiliated. Um, knows a lot of them cats. Played alongside um, Jack, Jack Michael, uh, the, the notorious over there. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, I think, was featured over there as well. One of those teams you was on. Uh, who else? Oh, Edgar Sosa for sure. Feldine. My man Feldine was there. And there's a, there's a countless other cats that, that I'm not going to go into naming. But, but trust, he's certified. Um, and today, and I think for the last year, if I'm not mistaken, co correct me if I'm wrong in a moment, he's the director of basketball operations at the University of Pitt under legendary coach Jeff Capel. Not legendary in coaching just yet, but legendary as a player. With us today is Ronald Ramon. My brother. Thank you for joining on? us. What's going on, my brother? You look, you look, man, comfy over there, bro. Like I know the weather's good. You chilling? Man, it feels it feels amazing to, to feel the summer right now. It's been, it's been a long time waiting. Yo, the the good thing is, I mean, Pittsburgh ain't that far from here, so we we see the kind of similar weather patterns. Um, 
it's supposed to be nice starting like next weekend is really when it's just about to be consistent. So hey, I, <laughs> I take it, man. Like I said, last weekend it was snowing. I thought I was, right. you know, it was Christmas time. It was really <laughs> snowing outside. I couldn't believe it. I think it was record breaking weather yeah. last weekend. Yeah, no. Nah, so. It was it was all fucked up. We we can't we can't go back there. <laughs> <laughs> um so Ronald, I I I started to learn about you uh, you know recently. I mean, I've I've heard your name. I've heard like from your I'd say from your era, right? Of of ball. I was I personally was away from New York, so I didn't get a chance to really hear you coming up, right? Uh, but as I started this podcast, um, you know, the Dominican athletes that I would associate with people like Orlando Antigua, who, you know, went to St. Raymond and we have that connection. I mean, we didn't go to school at the same time, but once a Raven, always a Raven, similar to how, you know, I'm sure the yep. Gales get down. Right. So um, you start to hear all these different names. Right. You know, like I, I knew about Edgar Sosa because I saw him in like, you know, the the big dance. Right. Um, I, I've recently found out about Feldine because, uh, I know people in Israel, surprisingly, and they was talking him up heavy. And then I start looking and he's killing. Right. But yep. then I, I talked to people like Jaime Peterson, Ricardo Greer, Orlando Antigua about, you know, other cats, like who, are, who am I missing? Like, teach me y'all like who, who, and your name kept coming up. Right. So I'm doing my homework and I'm like, yo, how does this dude end up playing basketball because it's always the stereotypical thing right with a dominican yeah. right why the fuck are you not playing baseball right no no right and and I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you're about to tell me no but i started playing baseball first is that is that how it went down <laughs> nah nah it's okay. crazy because my dad my dad so it started you know back in dr obviously my dad played ball um, basketball like Republic, yeah basketball. to be clear right yeah basketball and his name um, is also ronald ramon Ricardo, Ricardo Ramon. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Ricardo Ramon. So he started playing. He started playing, you know, obviously at a young age. I'm born into it, you know, with the, pretty much gave me the ball as soon as I was born and, and put me into basketball. So I didn't even have a chance to try to play baseball. You right. know what I mean? So watching him, I was, I was blessed to watch the great Dominican players. You yeah. know, like it was their prime, like Maika. Mercedes, like all these dudes were in their prime. And I was able, like I was the little dude walking around, like five-year-old, passing on water, wow. you know what I mean? Flip Felipe Lopez, and you know, I'm watching him play growing up. So like, these are the people I watch. So right away, it was always basketball for him. Um, I started with Mauricio Baez, you know what I mean? So I was down there, started with them since I was little. So it was kind of funny, because my dad played for San Lazaro. Okay. Um, now, if you know, like Mauricio, it was closer to my house. That's where I grew up. That's why I knew, you know, in Sanche La Fe, Villahuana, that was, that was, that's, that's the connection. I went mm -hmm. across the street, I'm in Villahuana. So every time I claim, I claim both because most of the time I spent in Villahuana, you know what I mean? But my house was in Sanche La Fe. Did they look, look at you crazy though? Street. Were they looking at you? I mean, some, some people, because okay. sometimes, you know, the, it's the battle because it's, it's so close. Yeah. They'd be like, nah, we're not like that over here. I'm like, man, I, I, yeah, I'm from both sides. I, I was, you know, in it's, between. It's like them cats that um they kind of live right at the border of Queens and Brooklyn. And yeah. you, you got to pick a side, bro. Like, you can't. Yeah, like, <laughs> but but it's like you, you spent literally, like, most of the day 
in one side and right. then come back, you know what I mean, and chill at your crib or whatever. But like, I was playing over there. So all I knew was that. So when my dad played and they played against each other professionally, I had to sit there like, man. <laughs> I don't know what, you know, I don't know, but I was one of my dad to win. You know what right. I mean? so, you know, right. Of course. I'm like, like, I want my dad to win, but you know, so it was, it was funny, but that's how it started. That's how it started. You know what I mean? I went there, started playing ball. That's how everything started. And it's funny because everybody's like, wait, so you Dominican, you never, you didn't play baseball. Right. Nah, okay. You don't eat seafood. You're allergic to, to shellfish. Oh, you are. You're one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just, that's just serious. That's just serious. <laughs> if you if you even smell that shit, your eyes start popping out. Is that the kind of effect? Nah, it's it's not as bad. Like okay. if I start smelling it, like it bothers me to smell, but I don't I don't break out. Okay. Like now if I if I eat it, then I'll break out. It's over. EpiPen. Like I have to eat it. Yeah, like I have to eat it in order for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but and then the other thing is like, so let's go swimming. I'm like, bro, look, the Bronx, we, we didn't go to the pool in the Bronx, bro. Like, I went to the Bronx when I was nine. Oh, we, I don't know how to swim like right, that. Right, 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 right. That is, that's different. That's different. Yo, yo you like Dominican 2.0 or something, bro? Like, yeah. what's up with you? And then at one point, like, I literally didn't drink. You know what I mean? All through college, I didn't drink. I didn't. So someone was like, yo, you really ain't Dominican. Right. But like, what's going on with you? Like, you don't drink. You doing this. You doing that. So... That was a stereotype, man. That entire job. <laughs> but you can hold the conversation down, though. You could go, you could switch languages real fast. Yeah, I'm like, if we're about to shout So, so you nine, you guys migrate to the United States. Yeah, the whole so, family. Uh, so my dad and my mom got a divorce. Okay, when I was nine, my dad's grandfather. I mean, my dad's father, my grandfather, was living in the States for about 20-something years already. Okay. So he was the one that did all the paperwork. At the time, he had his, two of his kids went to y'all, which was my dad and my uncle. Mm -hmm. So once he put them for the paperwork, he put the kids included. So me and my sister at the time got in that whole joint. So I'm like, okay, bet. And I had to make a decision. Um, I, at first, I didn't want to leave, but like I'm, I'm staying with my mom. You know, what I'm saying like yeah. I'm staying here, even though I'm, a, I was attached to my dad, like because of basketball. Um, so it was hard, like for me. And then my mom and my dad talked to me, like, "Look, if you want a future, you have to go." You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to help me, then my mom really sat down. I was like, "If you want to help me later on in life, like you have to go because here in DR, you're gonna have a roof." To where, like, you can't go anywhere else unless you know somebody. Until you, when you reach that roof, it's over. Like, right. in the States, you can you can expand more. And I have to understand that at nine, man. Yeah, like, that's tough I'm, to understand. Bro, like, I'm standing there like, I don't know, man. Like, this is crazy. Like, I don't know if I can actually do that. I, and it was tough. It was tough. Um, you know, I, DR, the door in my house was open. And the day, you know, we, we wake up to where we go to sleep. So we were outside every single day like right. for what 15 hours a day so when i came to the states it was funny because i came to the states in during the winter time for the first time but which it was only like 14 <laughs> days but it was like 94 was like the worst snowstorm new york had in a long time it was a blizzard so, wasn't there a blizzard yeah, i'm t like it was crazy so when I got there, I was like, Yo, I can't even go outside. I'm in an apartment building. What is, this is jail. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, nah, I don't want to do this. Right. So it was rough. So I went back. Like, I stayed 14 days and went back to the, like, 
tú estás loco en un apartamento cerrado hell no <laughs> so eventually I came back you know what I mean so stay with my dad and, and, and was able to stay after that but it was tough man so y'all got you came from the yard to the Bronx yep you to the Bronx you didn't make a pit stop in Washington Heights like a lot of people might do if they leave the Heights like nah, that's, but I, I mean, we, we you go you go to the heights, you know what I mean? Yeah, so you can feel that that DR. Yeah, yeah, you there all the time. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's L. Um, so so wait, tell me again the section of the Bronx that you grew up in. So it was the Cedric and Fordham Road, right by um the two hundred seven bridge. Ah, oh yeah, so you were literally right there. Yeah, you the remember heights. Jimmy Bronx Cafe? Yeah, son. I used to, so I funny funny story. I used to live for a little while over on um Cedric and Tremont, so not too okay. far from over there, over by um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roberto Clemente Park. I got you. Yep. I was already so in I was the right dark. around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, damn. Yeah, that shit. That shit was kind of rough over there. Yeah, man. So how how yeah. was it growing up? Um, because like now you you clearly know two worlds, right? You know, yep. you're old enough to understand like what life is like in DR, and then you come here. Do you feel like it's? I mean, outside of being cold and you being in an apartment like kind of locked up while, when the cold hits, do you feel like a big difference in in how to move and how to be? Yeah, for sure. For sure. What, like, what was the most, like, difficult thing for you to get used to? In the States? Yeah. For me in the States was understanding because from where, where I grew up in the yard, it was, like, it's really dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got Juan all those places growing up. Obviously, you from a spot anywhere in the world. Like, if this is your hood, you grew up in this hood. It don't seem that bad to you because this, this is what you know. You know everybody around. There. Ain't nobody gonna try to hurt you. Ain't nobody coming after you. From you, part of us. Right now, when other people come from other hoods, you know what happens. So you get checked. <laughs> yeah. So understanding like DR for me for us was a lot worse. Yeah. Than coming here. So when a lot of people was talking, I was like, well. It's different, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's rough, it's tough, or whatever. But when I'm I'm used to seeing in the yard, it's just nowhere. Because DR, you know, they shot somebody, they're not gonna find out who it is, and even they know the dude's gonna be in the street, no matter, you know. Right. Here, it was more precautions. Like, yo, if the dude shoots you, like, you know, he gonna get locked up, they gonna find him, and all of that. So he thinking about it a little bit more. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> so getting used to that freedom and and knowing, I think that was the hardest thing for my dad. Um, I took my hat off to him because he treated me like, and, and look, I can say it now I'm a grown man, but he treated me like I was I was a girl because he took care of me so bad. Like, you're not going over here. If you're going, I'm going to take you, I'm going to pick you up. Obviously, you know, you still go to school and you train, you do all of that stuff. But yeah. like, you had a little girlfriend and, oh, I want to go with my girl to the movies, bro. Like, I, he was going to take me. And he was going to pick me up. But I'm like, yo, come on, man. Like, are you serious? Overprotective. Overprotective. So every single every single step I took, like, he was there. Mm. And in New York, you know how it is, man. You got to have four eyes on your kid. Yeah. Because it's a thin line. Yeah. You can you can turn left or right easily. Yep. One day. So. I, 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 can, uh, I can sympathize. My dad. Um, so I had a kind of, well, my my, par- my dynamic, my, my parent dynamic was a little strange because you know, they were together for quite a while and then they didn't officially divorce for a long time. So it was kind of like they were in and out. 
You know what I mean? Together. Wow. Um, but my father would post up near St. Raymond, like try to play like, you know, hide and shit, right? In the car. And I would spy him all the time, but I wouldn't give him the time. Like I wouldn't make make him know, right? Until years later, I'd be like, he, he'd be like, yo, you know, I used to go check, make sure you was doing the right thing while you was at St. Raymond, right? And I'm like, come on, son. I peeped you every time. Like, you 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 would post up on this corner. You would be ducking over here, and he he was like, "Oh shit!" But it but it was the same. It was from the same perspective. It was like, "Yo, like, I, I want to." As a parent, I th- I think personally, not now me being a parent, you have to give a certain level of trust to your kids, right? Because if you are too overbearing, you're gonna push them into the things that you probably don't want. Right. And I, I, know, I, I know you got younger kids, but I know you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but then there is another piece of it where you have to also be cautious. Right. So like when your father was doing what he was doing and my father was doing what he was doing, I was like, like at the time, you don't really get it. You're like, oh, fuck, bro. Like, yo, let me just go see what see this chick. Like, leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. And I was just, yo, my father would drive me to places to go see chicks. Yeah. I'm like, yo, what's going <laughs> on, son? So, I can't pull up in the minivan yeah, with you, bro. Nah, like, that don't work. Like, drive me off down the street, bro. Let me walk up. Like, come on. <laughs> but, but you, you know, it's, it, I think it's, it's probably a little bit much, you know, like you laugh about it now, right? But, it's it's almost a necessity, like it, or else you're gonna drive yourself nuts. Cause you, you you know your your father, my dad's generation, were more I think more slick than we might be, right? Even though we might think we're mad slick and street smart, yeah. especially yeah. if they grew up over there, right? Yeah. Like over there, the, the street is very different. Like you got to yeah. be awake twenty four seven. Not to say that it's not the same here, but like. It's a little bit the the levels a little higher. It is, it is. And another thing I feel like our generation, we still had a respectful fear for our parents. You know what I mean? Like you knew it was wrong, but in, in the first question you asked yourself was like, damn, I don't know, man. I can't do that because of your dad. And it wasn't about whipping your ass. It was just a nah. respect thing. Like, yo, nah, I can't, I can't, that's too crazy. Now nah, I can't do that right there. You know what I mean? Like Kids now, they like love testing, and I feel like the generation lost that respect, like that fear, that fear of respect, because it's not a fear of like they're gonna hit you. Right. You know what I'm saying? What's that fear of respect? Like, yo, I'm not crossing that line. I know that's too much. Right. So like, out of respect for my dad, like, yo, chill, and I made you turn around. Turn around. Now, kids is like, I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna see the consequences later. Yeah. And then if it wasn't that bad, it's like, yo. Why was I that damn scared for it? Like, he didn't really do that much. And then they'll do something even crazy. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, to push the boundary. Yeah, and I see it happening a lot. So you be like, Yo, what the, like, are you serious? Right. Like, just, just think about what you just did. Right. You know what I mean? So it's crazy. Uh, you came up playing, I think, so you, Sosa, Luis Guzman, all of y'all was playing, Feldin, all of y'all was playing around the same time, right? Yeah, so I'm a little older than yeah. both of them, yeah. or three of them. So Souls was a year younger, I think it was, or two years younger. And then after that was, because uh, it was, we pl- I played for the Gauchos. So it was yeah. Souls was right under me, and then under Souls was Kemba. Okay. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So, like, that was that generation. 
coming right after. Got you. So, so, right so when you look at kind of your contemporaries, the guys you went to battle with um, at that time when you was at Ohalos and, and, and the Cho's, like who were some of those like big names in the city that you was gearing up to fight every, every freaking game? With us, it was like AJ Price, um, Sebastian Taylor, like those were the guards that you like, okay, you got you gotta put you gotta play. Like when you know when you're playing Riverside, you gotta step up Keith Benjamin that we play together at Pitt. Like he was Riverside, Terrell Biggs that played with me at Pitt, which is funny because a lot of us from New York like went to Pitt. Yeah, so, what's like, up with that? Connection. I know, man. Eugene Lawrence. Gene, you know what I mean? So he's out there from Brooklyn. So we played on um, called Brooklyn USA at the time. That, that was a big time yeah. school. Yeah. I mean, our AAU program that that were always balling out. So those, those, it was battles, man. Those years was battles. So with me on my team, it was Russell Robinson that went to Kansas. Okay. And some Yada Gaines that went to Georgia. Like that was, that was our team since we were 13 um, playing with the shows. Mm. We were, we ended up being number one in the country. Um, our eighth grade, uh, I think it was, no, our last year, so 11th grade year, we were number one in the country. We started playing together since seventh grade. Oh, okay. Won two national championships. Um, came in. So we, we should have won three in a row. We lost the middle one in the finals. Uh, that one was in Orlando. We bullshit, man. Like, <laughs> Y'all took real. it too easy? Like we went through the te- the hard teams the entire time, and then in the finals, we had this. Thing. Like we played the semifinal, we played a team from Cali, and the team had um, Marcus Marcus Williams, I think it was, the lefty that went to UConn. That crew, yeah, um, was it Marcus? No, I don't know if it was Marcus. Did he uh, playing the league? I'm trying to think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lefty I dude, I can shoot. I That's vi- the first time we ever seen him. Yeah. He was tough, and it, it was killing. So it was like, I bet. So we knew we had to bring it. So we beat them in the semifinals. The team that we expected to play in the finals lost to the team that beat us. But when we saw the team, we like, we got smack this. these dudes by 30. <laughs> like, there's no doubt in our mind. So we relaxed that whole night. We were like, man, that's, we good. We going to play out. Jefferson, them boys, we smacked them. We smacked these dudes. Like, So we beat all the good teams, like Big Baby and them. Yeah. That's oh wow. We beat all of them. When get to the finals, man, like we were missing layups. When I tell you like wide open layups, like yo, we ended up losing by like four points. Who was your was coach? At first it was Mark Jones. Okay. Yeah, so Mark Jones Y'all was the one that actually up? put put that team together. Huh? Y'all ain't get smacked up? No. <laughs> Look. <laughs> it was one phrase he always used, man. And I to this day. And I remember how we were. We were sitting there. We was in the, um, we was in the nationals, and we were bullshitting a little bit. And then kind of we won, but we was bullshit. And he sat us down when we was over there. Like, like we just won, bro. Like, what are you doing? He started going. He's like, look, man, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't winning, it's it's not everything. You know what I mean? Like, so we looking at it like, oh, so he just spazzed. Like, it's not everything, man. It's the only. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> So we was like, oh. So right after that, we was like, okay. And that was the whole mindset. Like, he was crazy. He wanted us to play the best competition. How we got Nike with the Gauchos is a story itself. Um, I want to hear about it. 
Man, like Cuéntame. Was, all right. So we were at the time we had nothing. Then we ended up getting N1 for a little bit. So we ended up getting N1. We started playing. It's cool. We win the national. So we win the first national. We don't get the respect we deserve yet. So Mr. Jones is around like, man, forget that, man. Like, we let's just go out there. Who, who y'all want us to play? Like, we play whoever y'all want us to. Like, we just won the national. We out here playing. We dominating the city. When we talking about from ISA, Ross Strickland, everything. We winning everything in the city. Mm-hmm. Every tournament we in. So right after that, um, the next year, again, we go to the national. So we lose in the finals. Like I told you, so they were like, ah, we don't know, whatever. Like, they all right. So he's still pissed. So we went the next year to the, to the, again. So we went to go through the city, went again the, the national. He was like, all right, this is this is a wrap. Like we need to get nationally recognized. Like we the best team in the damn country. So, so y'all winning the nationals, but they're not giving you the the, the no, which it was crazy all. because now it's all about sneakers. So right. who you play, circus that you're playing? Well, right. they Adidas, they Nike. So Riverside, like well, well, Riverside don't go to the national. They go to Peach Jam. Uh okay, but. You know, we, we play them in the city. Like, we, we win it. Right. So what are y'all saying? They're like, all right, well, you know, we got teams from outside of y'all city. We got, you know, team from Detroit. We got the family. We got the team from here. We got the team from there. So, like, okay. So Mr. Jones goes, fuck that. We're going to show up to their tournament. We don't want anything from y'all. We're going to show up to y'all tournament. The first one was Indiana. We'll play. Yo, we show up with M1s to a Nike tournament. Ah! <laughs> so... Nike's like, nah, we can't have that, man. I can't step on it. You know, this is our totem. Right. So they don't once we get there, they basically give us sneakers so we can play. Like back. Undefeated. We're in the tournament, we're in the end. It was like, oh man, okay. It's it like it's all right, but our top teams were in there. Like we had one team there, it was good. We still not getting recognized. Okay, right. cool. Boom, we go to the next one. They send us to the next one. I think it was Houston. So we go to Houston. Start playing the tournament room when Houston. So now they're like, oh wait, is this like right care. after? So like no, this okay. so this this had to like pass all the way through. So this is how we're trying to get Nike. No, but so I mean I mean like so you you win in Indiana, right? Yeah. And then yeah, what the next tournament is Houston. Like a couple weeks down the road. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. it's like right right close. It's not like next it's year or some shit. Between, yeah, right. yeah. So once that happens, they were like, okay. So they stop us there. They were like, okay, cool. We'll sponsor just that team. We don't want to sponsor the whole God right. shows. So we're like, all right, man. We're like, you know, we take whatever we do, but eventually we want you to sponsor the entire God shows. So it's like, I right, bet. So they start sponsoring us. They sponsor us to give us sneakers and do whatever. So the first year was only us. Then the next year we coming up. Now we, you know, we're getting older. We coming out. We we you know, we still didn't go to Peach Jam that year because it was too quick. Mm. Cool. The next year comes around. We're doing the same thing. We're like, all right, let's go through the through the circuit now. And we end up going there. So let's not do the national. Let's go to Peach Jack because it was around the same time. Mm-hmm. The first time we went to Peach Jack, it was, well, we won. Again, we won Indiana. Uh, we won Houston. Um, it was one more that we played in. Uh, Las Vegas, maybe? No, Vegas was all, um, was Adidas. Okay. 
So that was the big time tournament. That's what they call it. Which we still did that, which was crazy because Mr. Jones was so crazy at the time. He was like, yo, we'll play everything. Anything. And before we before we got sponsored by Nike, we went to the Adidas and they wasn't allowing us. So we played up like two years up to try to win. And we made it to the semifinals Damn. and lost to Stoudemire. Wow. Amari <laughs> um, Stoudemire. Yes. Wow. So we lost to them in the semifinals. So like I said, now moving forward, we win all those tournaments. We get to Peace Jam. Peach and I was like, look, ever no team has ever won this tournament the first time going. It's like, okay, that's a challenge for us. I like, we like that. You know what I mean? So we ended up going boom and start playing. At first, we thinking, oh man, we about to go undefeated. Like no team ever went undefeated in Peach Jam. That's the other thing. We lose a game in our bracket. So like you're allowed to lose one game. If you won the other one by points, you're good. Mm. So everybody lost the game. Some teams lost twice. Boom. So we ended up just losing one game. So we was pissed about that. We haven't lost in so long. Like, so everybody start talking. Boom. We move on. Here goes the playoffs. We start winning. Win the first one, second. We in the semifinals. We uh, the team from DC. Uh, great team, by the way. And then we get to the finals. Boom. Win it all. First time ever that happened. Doing history. And then after we would be, you know, winning PGA, we get ranked number one in the country. Mm. So it took us, you know what I mean, a long time. But we were still getting recognized, like, okay, they top five. They top five. And we're like, y'all are us top. We number one. Like, right. We don't lose. We can't, we can't so, beat nobody else. <laughs> yeah, it was like, bro, we can't rank you number one if you don't win PGA. All right, cool. Yeah, that's crazy. So it was good times, man. Damn, so so but, you, you was playing with Senyata Gaines on that squad. You said AJ Price. No, AJ, we played against AJ against. was... Oh, right. He was at... Um, yeah, he was at Riverside, Riverside with Sebastian. I played Sonyada Gaines and Russell Robinson. Right. We were the three guards. AKA, hey. they called us the three-headed monsters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so... And three-headed so you, monster. You, you playing through the city, um, you know, AAU squad with the Chos. You, how do you end up at All Hollows? So... <laughs> Same race, same race. <laughs> that that's same really Ray. my question. Why didn't you go to St. Raymond? <laughs> so here I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm gonna keep it a hundred. Do it. I'm keep it a hundred with you, man. I'm gonna keep it a hundred. So I go. I go to playing before citywide championship. Um, I went and visited St. Ray's. Um, Gary DeCesar was the coach, okay. and Oliver was the assistant, and he was the JV coach. And you so knew, and time, you knew Oliver already. I, I knew assume. Oliver because you know, obviously, I, actually, I met Omar, which is the older yeah. brother, um, all the way in Tennessee. The first year we played in the nationals, just rent, Omar like, came because Mr. Jones knew the whole family. Uh, yeah, so yeah, he knew, yeah. so he was like, "Yo, I got this Dominican kid with me. I want you to come down, watch him too, see him play. You'll like it." We played her. He came down and watched us win. So. I met Omar. Then after that, I met Orlando. I mean, I met Oliver and O kind of around the same time. Because Oliver, you know, trying to get me to go to St. Ray's. And O came down. They had a Glow Trotter event in New York. So he came down to St. Ray's. And that's how I met him the first time. Gotcha. So St. Ray's came heavy. They're like, okay, come visit the school um, to see, you know, to see if you like it or whatever. It was almost like. They felt like it was a done deal. Yeah. I was hype about the school, the gym. You know how it is. You go yeah, into the same is... you look at the gym, you look up. Ain't nobody else got that type of gym in the city. Like The gym and the gear. That's what everybody that, says. 
So I'm like, all right, cool. So I go in and I visit. But for some reason, I don't feel like I mean, it doesn't feel right to me. Okay. To me. Like it, it just it doesn't feel like a family atmosphere yet. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody was on their own. So I go through the classes. I spent a day. Yeah. So I was like, cool, boom. Then at the end, I sit down with Gary D. Gary D was very, you know, upfront with stuff and he was cocky at the time. Same raise. Yeah. This is all we got with the biggest thing out here. Like I yo, before and, before you continue, I already know where this is going. Can I <laughs> I, I bet you I know where this is going. Go ahead, go ahead. Take Ga- a shot. Take Gary, a shot. D, Gary D said, yo, my man, listen here. You not playing Vars. You starting as a freshman, and you're going to work your way up. And I don't give a fuck. No. <laughs> was that it? It was actually, look, I'm okay. going to be honest. It was right. actually took the opposite route. So I was like, yo, we need a PG. Yep. We need a PG. Like, we need somebody to come in and, and help us right away. I can't promise you you're gonna play varsity. That's that's not we can't do that. You know what I'm saying? But when when everything was over and I go into the office, it was more like, all right, so so who's the competition? I was like, well, really, I think it's between y'all and Ohalos. And it was like, Ohalos, fuck out of here. Like, you serious? <laughs> and it was to my face. So I was like, that was disrespectful to me. I was like, okay. Yeah. And that's the whole because I was already feeling that vibe through the day. Yep. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, dudes aren't really together. Like, dudes. So I was like, but I'm saying this now after I visit Ohalos, but the first time, like, I go to St. Ray's first. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. And I felt a little disrespected at that. Um, then I go out and visit Ohalos. So I go to Ohalos, boom, visit Ohalos. Everything's cool. And it was just different, man. Like, dudes are like a family. Yeah. Like the whole team, they see each other in the hallway. Dudes is like clowning, trying to get to the class, but it's so serious. Like academics is so on another level. Like dudes is like focused. It was one of the top private schools in the country, mm-hmm. academic. You know, I mean, academically speaking. Right. Which I was like, all right, you know, coming from a public school, I'm like, yo, this is like jail. Yeah. I'm like, what do y'all do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Went, like, literally, you get detention if you don't got your tie all the way up. Yes, you're not sir. wearing the shoes, you get detention. You don't your shirt is not tucked in right, you get detention. Like everything was detention. It's military, military type discipline. Exactly. So they yeah. preparing you for the corporate world. Yeah. That's what Ohio's was about. They didn't care about like they care about sports, but it's all about corporate world. What you're gonna do after? We're gonna introduce you to all these people. We're gonna get you ready. Yeah. But uh, no, like like it was crazy. Dude was like, yo, like making me feel part of the family, bro. Um, Rick, you know, Ricky Solliver, Marvin McCullough, uh, Bobby Santiago. Um, Coach Ed, Ed Gonzalez, right? At the time? So G was the, the assistant. At the, he was the assistant to varsity, but he was the JV coach. Uh, okay. So I was like, man, these dudes is like family right now, man. Like, these dudes are treating me crazy. So it threw, it, threw that hook at me. Yep. So when it threw the hook, I was like, man, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm really feeling all hollows, but basketball wise, I'm feeling the same race. I went back, talked to my dad. My dad's like, man, go to St. Ray's, go to St. Ray's, go to St. Ray's, go to St. Ray's. Like, ah. I had talked to my coach, Mark Jones at the time, Mr. Jones. I'm like, look, man, I think I'm going to go to St. Ray's. And there's always that thing between St. Ray's yeah. and the Gauchos. Yeah. Like, if you went, if you Pipeline. played with the Gauchos, you didn't go, you never went to St. Ray's. It was a rivalry thing. I don't know how it started. What's interesting, though, is I feel like, well, that's the first time I've actually heard that, and you would know better. 
I I find a lot of Ravens end up at the shows because you got, I mean, he- heavy there, Book Richardson, and you got a lot of yeah. people that was affiliated heavy with the, I mean, Orlando, you name it, right? So yeah. there's a lot of dudes that actually went, but I didn't know. So there is friction. Yeah, when my time, during my yeah, yeah. time, what happened was, same race started the Ravens, yeah, the yeah, yeah. program, right? So Gary D was like, "If you playing in my high school, you gonna play for the Ravens." Got it. Okay. Gotcha. So it was that. Nah, man, I'm a, I'm a cho. You know what I'm saying? So like, that was the first thing. Like, look, man, you, I'm like, nah, man. Like, I'm gonna be a cho for life. Like, right. <laughs> I started there. I'm not playing for the Ravens. I've been playing with these dudes since I was 13. Like, right. that's gonna be my team. So that talk also came about. You know what I'm saying? It was always that, like, like the little. A little punch, yeah, indirect. Like you always, you know, kept in mind. I'm saying they're like, man. Long story short, I, you know, after I had said I was going the same raise, and I had my mind kind of made up, talking to my people, my dad and my coach. I was the only ones that really knew. We had a city, we had a championship, the citywide championship at same raise, and I ended up winning the MVP of the game and all of that. So everybody's like, yeah, he going the same raise. Oh, that's the talk. They chirping. Yeah, so like you know. Obviously, the skybox, everybody sitting there like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, I'm, I'm going on hollow. You told who did you tell that to? I told Gary D. Oh, I, I saw it was it was over. <laughs> so, the, so once I said that, man, it was like hatred all through high school. Like, <laughs> I mean, he gave you the look anytime he saw you. <laughs> so it was hatred all through high school. So, like, it was. And then, like, Oliver would call my dad whenever we were playing against each other. It was cool. Like, we were still right. family. You know right. what I'm saying? We're right. still that. So Oliver will come out there like, yeah, you know, you know, we we gonna beat him tonight, right? You know, we gonna I'm gonna lock his ass up, right? You know, so like my dad would tell me too, and I I gotta drop thirty, <laughs> like, I gotta drop thirty and same raise. Long story short, my senior year, same raise was the last regular season game. We won. Ohio's won on a buzzer beater. Wow. We won on the bus. I hit the buzzer beater. That's your thing, bro. Game, and I had thirty. I was like, yo, oh shit, and and I forgot my kicks. I had to borrow somebody else's Wow. Kids. So you wasn't ready, and you still did yo, it. Yo, I went home. So, I, I like, I took my bag at school to go straight to the game. My stepmom called me at the time. I was like, yo, can you pick up your little sisters from school? So I'm like, oh, man. So I'm like, all right, bet. I still got time to do it. So I ended up going to the crib, but I left my bag mm. at school. So I ended up going from there, and I was like, yo, I'm going to be late. Like, I took my sisters, I, I waited for my stepmom, then I finally got out, took the train, and I'm like, Dad, I'm going to be late. So I took the train all the way to St. Ray's. I took the bus, actually, because I had to take the 12 bus all the way down. Took the 12 bus switch, finally got to, I mean, it was at the, my bad, I was at the Chose. So I took the oh, train to okay. the Chose. Okay. So went to the Chose, got there, they was already in the warm-up line. So when I go upstairs to get dressed, I'm like, uh, oh, I don't got no kicks, bro. I got this. All I got is my, my school shoes, bro. I wish you would have said, yo, I went on the court with the school shoes. Gary uh, D would have so cut your feet off. But at the time, Gary D was gone because it was my senior year. So Oliver was, oh, the, okay. was the coach. Okay, okay. And uh, and, and G Money, that's my man G Money, Edwin Gonzalez was the head coach at for, uh, for the varsity, too. Yeah. I had to call my man uh, that played freshman. I'm like, yo, can you buy Chris, Chris De La Rosa? Oh, uh, okay. Dominican cat. Oh, okay. Went to all hollows that yeah. you might want to, you know what I mean, yeah. tap into. Yeah. I was like, yo, Chris, man, 
Well, size it was like almost almost a whole size smaller, but my toes was hurt. Oh god! Oh god! So it hurt, but great memories, man. There was some great rivalries. Were, were you playing uh, with the Dominican team at all at that time? No, no. So I didn't play with the national team until I graduated from school. From college, um, I practiced once while I was in school, but I had to come back. So I couldn't really stay. Um, so it was 2009, my first time playing. Yeah. So I played from 2009 to now. So if you are you going to be playing with them next time they, they suiting up? I'm done. You done playing? I'm done, man. I'm done. When you look up, it up. <laughs> when you look up Ronald Ramon online and you see the Wikipedia, it's kind of like he's a free agent is what it says. Yeah, yeah. Like you, yeah open, like I, you haven't finished it off just yet. I'm done, man. I'm done. So... <laughs> I started, um, it was a blessing for me that I got an opportunity to go back to DR and play with, with the team I started with. Oh, that's dope. Um, I never had an opportunity because I played in Brazil and the, the season was 10 months out of the year. Fala so Portuguese? Muito bem, cara. Você fala? Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> yo, son, I was looking through your, show, your shit. Yo, you spent like, what, six, seven years out there? Maybe more. Eight. Eight. I was like, yo, he loves it out there. <laughs> oh, it was love, man. It was love. The people. Um, one of the things about them is whenever they bring in a foreigner, they usually keep the same foreigner. When they like you, they don't like new guys in. Okay. But when they do, and if you're doing your thing, you can make it a home, man. Wow. And I got in right on time because the dollar and the economy was doing well. Um, now it's kind of going down a little bit because of the whole pandemic and everything that happened. What if the gas company kind of took a hit? Right. So for me, it was like right on time to get out, you know what I'm saying, yeah. out of Brazil. But um, it was it was a home, man. Like Damn. my wife loved it when we was there. My kid was actually born there. My firstborn was, you know, wow. he was there. He was born there. I played five years in Sao Paulo in a small city in Sao Paulo. And then I played the next three years in Rio with Flamengo, a big team. Like, that was amazing, bro. Of course, that's that's what you do. I mean, you, you try to spend all the time in Rio if you can, but somebody was not, not terrible. <laughs> it was amazing, man. Like, it was like Rio, it was like living in California. Yeah. That's like, what that's I hear. the type of, you know, life that they go outside, they skateboards, they on bikes. Like, that's it's the laid back. Yeah. Now, Sao Paulo is more like the city, like New York, like it's fast paced. They want to work. They want to do it. Like if you have something to, to get done, any paperwork and you in Sao Paulo, they'll get it done in the same day. The same procedure. If you go to Rio, they'll be like, ah, like it'll take me like three days. Like, <laughs> I went to I, I went to Sao Paulo for a work trip one time and the, the crew I went with, like, you know how you, you mentioned it earlier, but like. When you in a place, when you from a place, everybody knows you. You know how to move. Everybody knows you. You don't look like like you ready to be a Vic, right? Yep, yep. But then you come with people and they stick out like a sore thumb. You you about to be a victim. So yep. I was I was with some people and and we separated at some point. Like they went one way, we went another way, and I I'm a Dominican, B from the Bronx. So my alert level is always high. So I'm always observing, just reading people, trying to trying to blend in, but be be cautious. 
Nope. So, you know, that's how I'm moving. I think that's why I got over. And, you know, it doesn't hurt that I, I look like them also. Yeah. But then there so, was people and somebody got, they, they bag snatched and, you know, I think they got a gun pointed at them. Like, it, it got it got real over there. <laughs> no, it's real. Like, if you don't know where you're going, it can get bad, especially in Rio. Yeah. Like, Rio is even worse. Really? You know, yeah, it's worse, man. Oh, because... Sometimes you living in an area that you feel okay, like the team obviously is paying for everything, so they put you in a real nice place. I played for one of the top teams, Flamengo, which Eloy Vargas is playing there now. Okay, um, and he loved it, man. Like it's it's nice. They treat you well. They put you in a nice place. The first year I went, I kind of let the team pick where I wanted to live. Then once I knew what it was, I said, okay, well, I pay me the money, I get my own apartment. So that way I'm good with my family. So I ended up, you know, getting in the car, doing all the things, and we lived in a nice area. Usually when you live in a nice neighborhood and you hear stuff in the news, it's like far away from you. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, oh, yeah, well, obviously like, you don't it's go there. there. Like, right. that's why you don't go there. Right. It wasn't like that. It was like, as soon as you get out from the condo, it was like people that's, getting robbed right there. That's happening right there. Wow. I, like, I around the school where my son goes. Like, it's like that. So it was everywhere. I'm like, you wasn't really completely safe anywhere, man. Like, you had to always keep your eyes, especially like I'm talking about like real, real. Yeah, like, yeah, the heart of it. Yeah, and then you, like, you can't put ways if you don't know where you're going. Usually, everybody use ways. You can't do that because it might take you through a favela. You know what I'm saying? And then you going, you don't want to do that. Right. You go into the wrong joint, it's over. Right. It's not like. Look, I went through it, survived. Like, no, if you go to the wrong favela, you go in. You're not coming out. <laughs> like, it's a wrap, bro. Like, especially if you don't know what you're talking about or whatever. They might let you out because, you you know, you don't know the language or whatever. Right. But it's going to be hard for you to come back out of there. Right. Damn. Like, cops don't go in there. It's that real. Shit. I had no... I This is... I would have assumed Sao Paulo, to some degree, would be like that. I didn't imagine you're going to see that kind of thing in Rio. Yeah. But that's good so to know. Especially during carnivals and stuff. Like once, yeah. once you got to the carnival, bro, it was nuts. Because a lot of people from all over the world. And it's also the most beautiful carnival that you will ever see, bro. Mm. Because it's from all over the world. And then it's all over Brazil come to Rio to experience it. So you have so many different cultures and and it's like party city to another level. Mm. Literally to another level. Like me. <laughs> When I tell you dudes will go from like six in the morning to six in the morning the next day, Nonstop. and they have parties like start at six in the morning, and then you go to another one at eight, and it's another one at ten, and like it's always two hours apart, and you just they call them like blocos, blocos. Okay. So it's like una caravana, a big ass truck playing music, and they follow it for two hours, and everybody drinking in the street. So, so for, wanna... <clears throat> for y'all listening, um, after this COVID crisis is over, uh, I think that's where we need to go. We need to go. We we got to de-stress. That sounds like what you do. You spend 24 hours just fucking following <laughs> caravans around. <laughs> following music with bottles in the street is yeah. the only place you'll see that, man. And, and it's legal. That's it's not like, yeah. you know, you go in the street with a bottle. like, nah, you go, go ahead. Yeah, make, make, make your move. <laughs> So, so you spent, uh, like you said, eight years out there um, playing. Like, what was, I, I mean, I know Brazil is, you know, they, they love basketball there, just like many other places in the world. 
how was how was it playing there? Like, did you find a lot of success? Like, t- take us through kind of what the summary of that journey was over there. Um, the first year I got to Brazil, I, I didn't even know they had a, a basketball tournament, bro. Like, I didn't know they had a professional league. Mm. Um, Baker Lopez, mm-hmm. uh, that played in the yard, you know, a lot of years. I call him Unc. Mm-hmm. You know, he known me since I was probably like four. <laughs> um, the summer I played with the national team, it was June when I started, 2009. And he was like, where are you going to go play? You know, what's your next move? I was like, I really don't know. I got some things back to Argentina. I played there my first year. So I was like, I got some things probably to go back there. I've been talking to them. He was like, bro, if you're going to go to South America, think about going to Brazil. I was like, Brazil? I was like, Brazil got to leave? He was like, bro, I played it. He was like, I played for Vasco and Rio. It's amazing, bro. Like, once you go down there, you never want to get out. So I'm looking at this dude like, all right, man. You know, like, I never heard of it. Like, nobody talks about it. Right. I was like, all right. And literally, right after everything, like doing the national team, my agent was calling me about it. And he's like, yo, I got like three teams in Brazil that, that want to, you know, giving you contracts. I didn't know nothing about them. I didn't know anything. So I'm like, who's offering the most? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, that's, that's what you go for. Like this team right here. And then my boy, Darrell Brown, that played at Manhattan College, okay. with like Lou Flores. And so he was down there. I played against them in Argentina. So he was in that team, and he spoke about me to that team. So when they came through and gave me the offer, it was through his word, you know, word of mouth. Like, okay, look, Ronald Ramon, you should look into when you playing with the national team right now. Then the coach kind of fell in love with me. Boom, it clicked. So he gave me a contract. Wow. So I was like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. It was great. I was like, great money, you know, especially after coming over ACL injury. It was more than I made my first year, even after a surgery. I'm like. Oh, this is good. Okay, I'm going to go down there. So I went. That team that I went to, I didn't know at the time. It was the first time because they stopped for a year. They, they, they retired from the league for a year and then came back. In Brazil, you play two leagues. You play your state league and then you play the national league. Okay. At the time, we were playing the national league when I got down there, the Sao Paulo league. So started playing was the first time coming back after stopping for a year. So they didn't put the pieces like to win a championship. It was like, we just want to compete, go out there, trying to do something. We win the chip. Oh, we shit. Win the, we win the state league. And we like, yo, it was rough for us or whatever. So we ended up winning the state league. And everybody was like, holy shit, with that team? So I had success right away. Like, they put the ball in my hand. I was able to showcase. Uh, we did. We we lost in the playoffs in the National League because now you're including everybody, you know, everybody from Rio, from Mango, Bosco, all around Brazil. So we came in six, I think it was, I believe it was that year in the playoff ranking. So we lost in the, the first round. Mm. We lost in the first round of the playoffs. And then the team was just like, we'll give you more money, come back or whatever. So before I left, I sat down. I was like, well, if you give me this much, I'll come back. And then it was like I signed and left. Right. And every year, that's how it was. Same deal. So like. So I came back, already signed for the next year. You know what I mean? So like, I, that's why I stayed. Every time I, you know, it's what I want. Okay, cool. They'll give it to me. I was you, like, you secure that bag, nowhere. go home, come back. Yeah, I don't. Wow. And then I ended up getting started thinking and getting better. I said, Yo, 
if I get, if I'm already here and they know I'm here, I'm coming back, well, I'm going to do a 12-month contract instead of like a 10-month for the season. I like, give me the same amount of money, just stretch it to 12 months. Right. Because at the end of the day, it will help me taxes because, you know, it's tax-free or whatever. But in, in the little amount that they will tax you, you could say you're working for 12 months. Right. Because that's your contract. Right. So I started figuring out all the little bits and pieces of what you could do and and how it would help me. So, like, I was on vacation at home. I'm still getting a paycheck. You know what I mean? So Smart. I like that part of it. Right. So I was there for all that time. And the only reason I left that team in Sao Paulo because it ended. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, those type of countries is hard because the sponsorship comes from big companies. Um, if the company doesn't help them, it was with just one dude carrying the team this, all these years. And he had some sponsorship sponsorship just like left him dried up and right before the season started he was like i gotta end the team he was like what so he ended up ending the team damn right before the season started wow. right before the season started man right before so everybody was like yo this is crazy everybody already you're not gonna get the money you expected to get one two is gonna be hard to get the same type of money from somebody else because already the big time players that they wanted they already signed them mm-hmm. so the money that it is is just whatever is left right you know what I'm saying? For the budget. So you had to think about that. I was like, oh, man. So I came back home for a little bit. And then the team from Flamengo, from Rio, was like the best team in the league. It was like, yo, we want you. So I was like, oh, worked out for, you know, for me, it was for the better. Right. So I ended up going there, won a national championship with them ah. that same year, uh, played well, and then came back the next two years. You know what I mean? So won the state league in Rio. It was it was it was great, man. I had, I had fun, good success. It was an amazing time. We we kind of skip um, college, but I I, I want to get to it. But I want to also, I guess, focus a little bit on on the Dominican national experiences that you had. Yep. Um, like I mentioned, you know, you you've played with a bunch of known and and actually a lot all of them are pretty well known dudes. Um, you guys, how, how would you say the the body of work has been over the years, um, as far as your your guys' ability to compete um, on a international level? I think once when my first year there, uh, two thousand and nine, um, we played Central Basket. That year, it was good, but we wasn't in a in a level to compete internationally against the best. Mm-hmm. We wasn't elite. You know what I mean? Like, we, we were missing something. Yeah. Um, when Cal took over, I think it changed our culture. Really? Still to this it, day, you think that that made a difference? Yeah. Yeah. It changed our culture because we Dominicans, whenever we have, and, and this is bad enough for us, like, when we have somebody from El Patio yeah. coaching us, yep. you don't respect them as much. Like, yo, you know who I am. Like, you know, but that's our culture. Yeah. Because as when we're young, we give these kids so much because he's so nice. So you treat them differently. Right. So once they become adults or they become good, they feel like, yo, someone didn't get my mind. Like, right. like you, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how, that's how they feel. You get taken for they, granted. Exactly. They feel entitled. Yeah. They feel, but we do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We do that as a culture. And then when it comes time to respect them, when we get older, it's hard. 
You know what I mean? And I, that's what I felt personally growing up into it and, and seeing stuff. So when Kyle came, it was more about like, yo, this dude don't care. He got his own stripes. It's not, they don't care. You Ronald, he don't care. You know, you this, you don't care. You that, like, you got to show up. Like, you got to practice. You got to do everything the right way because he will sit you. Right. And by, and by the way, I just w- want to clarify. So we are talking about the legendary John Calipari. If yeah. you don't know, he coached the Dominican national team. I think it was one year, right? Two. Two. Two and that, summers, yeah. And, and I th- think it was Orlando who kind of convinced him to come through and, and help us out a little bit, right? Yep, yep. Okay. Yep. Continue. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> you go, you go. So Kyle came through, man, and, and, and he changed our culture a little bit and made us refocus. It made us like, yo, let's let's think about the team more. You know what I mean? It's it's not this is not something like personally that that we take it for granted. Like you're on a national team, like you represent an entire country, country of culture. Like let's bring that back. It's not about you personally. And that's a change. A change. And then we was playing together. We started respecting each other as players on and off the court. And you can see the success we had, man. Like we were this close to going to an Olympics. You know what I'm saying? Like, we had the chance twice. We were beating teams that we never thought we'd be able to compete against. Mm. You know, so, like, that tells you, like, yo, we got the talent. We were just BSing around. Like, why we wasn't doing this for, you know, it wasn't the talent level. It was us. It was our culture. It was how we was treating it. It was the respect level. It was like, yo, let me get the ball. It's, you know, like, the shot. You know, so. But is that, that so, like, because, you know, when you look at the, the roster, a lot of cats played, maybe not a lot, but enough played, you know, collegiately in the U.S., grew up for a long period of time in the U.S. and kind of understood the basketball culture of the U.S. Do you not think that that what was the DR culture just too strong to allow for the, the I guess, the U.S. culture to kind of help, you know, kind of. Set the set the tone. I think it, it combined us. Okay. One because we were playing wild, like the DR culture at the time, and and that's all of us. You watch, you know, the teams that we the, the tournaments down there. We play. We like to run yeah. fast break. Boom, one pass shoot. Boom, we go here. So we were playing like that in an international level. You know what I'm saying? Instead of the times that we needed to hold the ball, like that's our strength to run to play defense because we don't get tired. Let's go out there, pick a full court, do all of that. But at the same time, when it was time to hold the ball, when it was time to, okay, hold on. We don't need that shot. We wasn't, we wasn't, you know, we wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, we've been playing like this. Let's keep going. So I think that was our downfall. And we took point guards. We took a lot of heat during the years because it was always, we need a point guard. We need a point guard. Oh. We need a point guard for a lot of years. It was like, well, let's nationalize a point guard because it feels like we don't have one. But it was like, yo, it's our culture. Like, it's different. You know, like, y'all blaming us. Right. But we, I can't change everything from this point if it doesn't come from the top. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard. Right. You have to have that support from your coach. You have to have that support. This is how we want to play. This is how we're going to do. It's what he says or what he says. So, it was hard. And you had great point guards. Joel Ramirez it was like one of the best point guards, I think, in the 2000s because he had the mindset. He could play. He could do a lot of things. And he played nationally. So he was he didn't play in the States. He was from El Patio. 
but he had that. But sometimes, like I told you, our culture, it was like, oh, he said, I got to give him the ball. So I got to, you know, I got to do that. So like, he going to get mad. I got to. Yeah. But once Kyle came, it was like, nah. I don't care you, about all you, that. This is how we're going to do it. And everybody had to respect it. Mm, that's dope. So it, brought us, so it brought us back down, I think. It brought us to, to the focus level. So like, okay, if you want to win, this is what we need to do. And once we figured that out ourselves, we were like, yo, he's right. We got to play this way. So Let's you, see if it works. If we take it take it back, because you mentioned you started playing with the national team in 2009 after college. Yeah. Um, yeah. You you end up at Pitt. Why? After all hollows and the chose, like what what set Pitt apart for you from, and I, and I don't know what other schools were recruiting you. I'd, I'd love to yeah. understand that. But like, what was that thought process like? I wanted to play in the Big East. Um, that was my main thing. I wanted to be close enough to home that I can play out. You know, my dad can watch me play huge. Uh, he was the, the, the biggest influence in my basketball career. So I wanted to play close to home. I wanted to play at the Garden for the Big East tournament in front. You know, that's home. Like, that's the Mecca. Yeah. I got to do that. Like, there's no other way I want to do. You know, I don't want to play in D.C. I don't want to play over, like, New York. MSG like so for, and then it was such a New York connection with Pitt it was like the pipeline Yeah. so you had Carl Krauser you had Mark McCarroll there at the time Chris Taft um, Dante Milligan so that was four um, oh, I can't remember uh, and then it was myself when I got there Keith Benjamin so we had, like, my freshman year, we had six dudes from New York on the roster. Yeah, that's a lot. Six scholarship dudes, you know what I mean? So, like, when you saw that, okay, I take it. And then they were starting the success to where, like, okay, they they top in the, in the country. They top 25 every year. Like, the last few years, they've been up there. They've been going to the tournament. And it's New York Cats. I'm, so I'm going there, man. Like, I, that's where I want to be, it. whether they got guards or not. <laughs> This is my son, man. Yeah, so yeah. Wow. Well, nah, window. <laughs> so good. Really go crazy. But um, yeah, so that, I think that was the main reason uh, why I chose Pitt. Gotcha. So you did you have no, was it Jamie Dixon, yeah. Dixon. He was the coach. The coach. Okay. Was yep. it he was there your whole tenure, right? Yep, my whole four years. Okay. Um obviously Orlando and Tigo was there my yeah. whole four years. Barry Royce. So you got a Dominican cat. And I'm so old was like, when old came, I was like, okay. You know what I'm saying? The high O. I'm definitely looking into it now. And then Barry Rorson was that New York connection. Right. And he was from New York. So when he was the one that recruited me from day one, uh-huh. and he showed me like, I want you. And it was hard because my junior year was Dixon's first year. My right. junior year in high school was Dixon's first year as a coach. Right. So I was like, yo, I don't even actually no. I'll take that back. Going into yeah, going into my senior year, so Dixon just finished my junior year. He just finished his, his first, first season, year. yeah. But I didn't. Re- I committed my junior year, so to I didn't pit. even know this dude could coach. Oh, you know what I'm saying? on the strength of what though? Like, what was it? Just, it was everything yeah, else you said, like the pipeline and the, the New pipeline York and everything. And then he was the assistant, so I'm like, okay, he's gonna keep my whole mindset. Like, he's gonna keep the same type of pipeline. He's going to keep them tired. If they hiring him, yeah. 
it's because it's, the program feels comfortable enough that the, it's going to stay the same direction, the same process that been by Ben Holland, he's going to take over. Right. So that gave me, and I was like, okay. At the same time, you know, you have a chance to sign a little later. I committed. I could sign later. If I don't like what I see, you know, decommit, decommit right. and go somewhere else. Right. But who who else were you so, seriously considering? Like, who's chasing you for for you to join their look, ranks? Man, my dad, Rutgers okay. and, and um, Providence were the two that, that were right there because my dad loved Providence. And he fell... Rutgers, he he really loved Providence. Like yeah. he wanted me to be truthful. He wanted me to go to Providence. You almost became a friar. That's crazy, crazy, bro. <laughs> because Providence, the head coach of Providence, was was there like since my sophomore year in high school, okay. and it was him that did everything. Like he recruited me every single time. Like it was all him. Mm. So my dad was like, "I feel more comfortable with him." And when we went to on the visit, he was like, obviously now you know better or whatever. But he was like, I didn't recruit no other point guards. Wow. Because you're the like my assistant is probably recruiting somebody else just in sure. case. But I don't want nobody else but you. Like I, I'm recruiting you. Since your sophomore year in high school, I know that this is what I want. And it was hard for me to say no, man, because it was like, yo, you're going to get the ball in your hands. You're going to play right. Because you know this dude. Like if you do what you're supposed to do, the opportunity to play right away is, there. Is, is very high. Right. So, but, you know, top 25, <laughs> out of New York, cast, big, you know, biggest stage, kind of want to go to Pitt. And Pittsburgh <laughs> is, I mean, you're there now. Uh, obviously, that worked out, but Pittsburgh is a dope city. Like, it's yeah. got a lot going for it. So, I, at the beginning, I thought it was country. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. Yo, coming I, from New York, yeah, I was yeah, like, man. But yo, there's some I beautiful, beautiful skyline over there. That I, when if I remember correct, I was only there once. But if you say where in the summertime, yo, I don't remember what season it was. All I remember was maybe it was. All I remember was we drove from Philly to to Pittsburgh, and I was scared for my life because everything in between just felt like I was about to get lynched. Yeah, and we bro. had we had Drake playing like when Drake first came out. We had Drake playing that that was the soundtrack for that trip for me. I, and I can't remember what season it was, but it looked dope. Like what? Maybe you know what it was because it I Scotland, saw you're right. I saw so much country, and I was scared for my life that when I saw an actual city when I finally arrived, I was like, "Yo, this is amazing." Maybe maybe it was just because of all the other shit that I was experiencing. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but you right, man. Like when you first come into the city, it's a tunnel that you come through. Yeah. That it just right into it just the city. Opens up, yeah. And then you got the football stadium on one side right. of the river, then you got the baseball stadium on the other side. So it just like hits you like, yeah. yo, the skyline is beautiful. And you think about the movie Batman and, yeah. and you know, Gatlin, you're like, yo, this is where they so it's nice. Yeah. Like I said, man, when I first got here, true story, when I first got here, okay, man, you're trying to sit, I'm like, yo, let's go downtown at nighttime. Right. You know, you go downtown at nighttime in New York, right. like it's popping. Right. I got there, it was like, for what? Everything <laughs> is closed, man. What are you going downtown for? I'm like, what you mean? Like, it's popping at night. Like, you going, it was no. like, nah, man. You better get your ass you know? there before seven o'clock. <laughs> oh, they don't do that here, man. I was like, yo, so I was going home. Before the season started, I was going home every weekend, bro. 
Like, I'll take the bus, Greyhound, hop on the bus, stay home for the weekend, get that by the corner store, do all of that. Yeah. And then when time started going, I'm like, yo, this is, like, calm, man. Like, it's a city. It's not huge. Yeah. But it's perfect. Like, you get the city vibe, and then you get the, the, the calmness of, 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 like, just being away from everything sometimes. Like, okay. I'm still here, man. <laughs> so, so you, when did you become the director of uh, operations over there? So I become the assistant. I'm the assistant director of basketball assistant. operations. Sorry, my bad. My uh-huh. bad to the director. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. You're good. But last last uh, summer, okay. So I, I actually had a contract to go back to Brazil. So I came back from the national team. I already had signed to go back to Brazil, um, and I I was hurt. With the national team, I uh, messed up my meniscus. So I came back here to rehab. And I already, you know, had the relationship with Kate. I went in once he got the job. Um, we talked. And we kind of got a good vibe. And we stayed in touch during the whole year. Like, he'll text me. I'll text him back. We'll talk. Real good dude. So we, we developed a relationship. And I kind of planted the seed. I said, look, I, don't, I, don't, I feel like I want to stop playing ball soon. But I'm just letting you know if an opportunity presents itself, just let me know. Because I feel like I'll think about it for real. He said, yeah. okay, I keep it in mind. So when I get back from the national team and I'm rehabbing, we started talking. He was like, yo, let's talk. So we started talking. He was like, so the dude that was on my position left and ended up going to the Blazers for oh. the, um, operations. Okay. So they opened up. He was like, I want to hire somebody that's connected with the program. Somebody that plays, somebody that wore the jersey. We have this connection. Let me know. And basically offer me the job. Mm. So I was like, man, it's a great opportunity for me. I've already been thinking about stopping. It was a no-brainer, man. That's dope. So I took the job. So what's up with the New York pipeline to pit? Because I know you got um, Justin. I call him Champagne. Champagne. Yeah. Champagne. I call call him Champagne. I don't care what his parents call him. (laughs) Um, uh, You know, and I know his brother's at St. John's. I I would have assumed they both end up at the same spot. But good for them that they kind of split up now. Um, and, And that came through Coach G. Right, so yeah, yeah. so I know we got the same high school coach, man. Right, so so you, particularly with with Justin, like what what is that relate? Not relationship necessarily, but like interaction because you guys share the New York connection. You share Coach Gonzalez. How do you guys? Do you is there more that you can offer him because of those things than maybe you know just some kid from California potentially, right? Like, yeah, how does that happen? How does that go? Well, the relationship level, it, it just naturally, you bond better. Just right. because he knows you, he knows that we're coming from the same high school coach, so we know what kind of dude he is. So it's like he handing you over to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? I got to make sure you're good. I got to make sure you're straight. You have to do well. Like, that's like that's my job now. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I got to make sure you're straight. And you do all the right things. If not, I'm, yo, gee, talk to him, man. You don't want to listen to me. Yeah, sick him. I'm calling your moms, bro. I'm calling, <laughs> I'm not playing with you, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, it's that, that respect level. And, and I'm like that big brother to him right now. Cause I, you know, I'm, I'm not as old as the coaches. So right. I'm like in between. Right. So he feels he could talk to me. Something comes up. He's like, yo, I can holler at him about whatever. He experienced all of this. And and he's not as he's not old enough 
to be like, yo, I didn't, I didn't go through that. Like it's a different generation. Like he knows what it is. So right. I can give you a better advice or something like that. Just, you know, from my point of view. So definitely it's, it's different. You know what I mean? Like you always, you obviously want to look after him just like everybody else, but you feel a bigger responsibility with him because that same connection with your high school same, coach, same and family and coming from the same hood kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. What, what is, uh, I, I've seen Cape out here a couple times um, doing some workshops and that kind of thing. So my assumption is y'all looking, you know, at, at the landscape a little bit tough, trying to get some, some prospects. I know you can't share too much, but like, um, are you guys, it, it, does New York, and, and it doesn't have to be related to, to recruiting. Cause I know it's all sorts of shit going on with that. I don't, I don't want to put you in, in a, funky situation but no good. so my question is you now in in the you know on the coaching staff of a, of a major university of a big time program does the coaching staff both within pit but generally do you get the sense that new york is still an important place i wouldn't even just leave it to new york i say the tri-state is it still an important place for recruitment for sure man for sure because if you think about it now it changes. Obviously, you're in the ACC, mm-hmm. so you don't have that same selling point of the Madison Square Garden, the Big East. You don't have that anymore. Well, you got you got Brooklyn but, now. Yeah, but yeah. it's not it's not yeah. in the same place every year. Oh, right, you know right, what right, I mean? Right, right, right. So, it, like, we'll play next year. We'll be in D.C., and then the year after that, we'll go to Brooklyn. Right. So that's good. So you can sell that a little bit, but imagine if you say it every year. It's like, bro, like you're going to play in Brooklyn in every year. Peeps. So a New York kid. So... It's different. Mm. What you could say is, well, eventually one of the years that you have paid, you could, you'll play there. Right. But New York is so close, man. Like, and we still got that connection. Uh, Timmy O'Toole, one of our assistant coaches, is a New York guy. Um, we just got a guy from Brooklyn, Femi, that he's coming in this year. So we got another uh, Brooklyn kid coming in. Mm. And when you think about the ACC, when you think in North Carolina, South Carolina, um, DC is kind of like that perfect area because everybody can tap into it. Yeah. But then like Jersey, New York, like that's us, you know, that's, that's pit. Like we right here and even DC, like, so any, any type of talent that you see from there, you're close enough for your family to drive here and watch you play instead of you going to North Carolina. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's six to 12 hours is a big, it's a big difference yeah. or wherever it is that you're going to go. And then the history that we had with other New York guys, then you could bring that up. Yo, you know, Jerry McCullough was here. Jaime Peterson was here. Orlando Antigua was here. Ricardo Greer was here. Right. Brandon Knight was here. So it's like everybody that came through here that, that has success and relates back to the city. Carl Krauser, the great point guard, came from the city. LaVance Field. So all of these dudes that had success, Chris, tap, you know what I mean? So a lot of success came from the city that was related to the pick. Mm. So I think we still have that connection. We can still work through the tri-state area and get some of those kids and recruiting. Um, but it's definitely very important for us to keep tapping in. That's, that's, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, the, the more, especially like, I feel like, you know, we were talking off air about, kind of alumni relations and some thoughts you had around that. Um, I feel like Cape 
and his administration here seem to be doing more than I've felt. And maybe it's just my association with this podcast and talking to folks like you guys. Maybe it's just, maybe it's always been there and I'm just stepping into it now, but I just never really saw or heard like the outreach, right. Uh, for the alumni network, but it feels like it's happening more now. Right. Like I see in social media, particularly like I'll see Pitt being bigged up by alumni every now and again, whereas before I don't think I did. Right. So like, how 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 is the culture and how am i am i right in what i'm saying like do you feel like that's actually happening you're right you're right man like cape is big on look you guys are the founders every single alumni you have to be part of this for life and i mean you guys been through it you guys been here we can't do anything without pointing you guys out you know what i'm saying so one of the things he did was, look, we got to rebuild this program brick by brick. So he put a big wall, basically, in our locker room and put bricks in it. Dope. He was bringing back alumni and making them sign it. Like, your guys are the foundation. So he made the entire team sign it, and then he made all the alumni that came to games come into the locker room and sign it. Wow. So, like, he's huge on that, man. He's huge. Anything that I come up with and say, look, Man, we want to do some stuff with these with alumni and try to do some things just to keep them involved. He's always in, man, all in. He so what we did this year, I said, look, I feel like anything that comes from you as a coach, it will everybody will appreciate it more. So obviously I used yeah. to send out an email just, you know, updating all the alumni, what's going on with the program. And I switched, I said, look, let's let's do let's do a video and just talk about we'll do it every two weeks. Um, and we'll just do a video, talk about the last few games we play, kind of talk about it. And it, this is just going to the alumni. So we created this and, and we, that's what I was sending out. And then he would talk straight to them. So imagine you from the head coach that just got here, you open it up. It's like, man, it's, he's talking to me. Talking to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's straight talking to me. He's taking the time to talk to me. And that's how he is. Like every single day, the dude that you see on TV, the dude, everything that he says there, he says it to us. Mm. That's what we talked about in the office. He says it to his players. So he's a hundred, everything he do, man. I want to, I want to finish this conversation off with, uh, a little bit more Dominican talk. Um, <laughs> so, so when you look at again, and you know, take kind of taking it back to the beginning here a little bit. Um, you grew up with the basketball in your hand. Right. Um, you see count, there's so many um, Dominican-Americans uh, that play basketball. Right. Um, have played, play now, uh, have have a, a strong relationship with the culture of the Dominican Republic and the tri-state area. And, and basketball is that, you know, that thing that everybody focuses on. Right. And it takes you to different places. It's taking you to many places. How do you do you believe that the Dominican basketball culture is healthy and expanding? Um, kind of following in your same footsteps and beyond. Like how, how do you look at it? I think it is. I think it is. I think um every single every single year, obviously it started way before my time with like Jaime and I mean Coach O, all those guys, Orlando Antigua, all those guys started opening doors. You know what I'm saying? More and more, more and more. 
more and more. And then we start expanding. And then now we've gotten into the, the coaching world. Now we're getting into, okay, look, a lot of guys will be, you know, you got guys that are head coaches, assistant coaches, um, guys that are trying to come up like myself and, and eventually be on that level. You're also going to tap back into your country and help those kids out because you've been through it. Yep. And if it's talent, look, now you have people on this side of it that can actually help you as much as possible. So I think it expanded a lot. Like, you know, a lot of Dominican kids are getting recruited. Yeah. A lot of Dominican kids that have talent are, you know, coming to the States. And I think it's, it's for me, it's the best thing, man, besides basketball. And I always tell the kids, no matter what level it is, if it's D1, D2, Juke, or whatever it is that you're going to go for, go get your education, man. Come experience that. If they're going to pay for it, if they're going to bring you over, treat it as like, look, you're going to be here for four years. Whatever it is you're going to be here for, do it. And experience it to the max. Take care of it. Treat it like this is for my families. I got a, an opportunity to help not only myself, but everybody else behind me. You know what I'm saying? Like open those doors for those people. And just just experiencing that, man, it's, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Like you get, you know, to get an education, play basketball, everything paid for. And then you can you can always come back and, you know, play it in, in DR if you want to. If not, you can make it at home in the States. You make a home in the States. So it's only a win-win situation. Mm. It's only a win-win. So to your question, yes, I feel like it has expanded. I feel like it helped me tremendously. Obviously, my whole situation coming to the state was different. But, the you know, the doors that are opening now for those kids that are talented and, and coming in, take advantage of it, man, because the doors are opening. Um, it's going to be more and more kids, not only Dominican, but I think Latin American kids, uh, Puerto Rican kids coming in. They're, Every everywhere that you can see it, it's like, man, I see a lot more. Like me myself, I'm looking around, I'm like, man, this 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 is amazing. Like you, it's a different proudness yeah. that you get when when you Dominican, like you can go to to a Dominican house and you know the dude is Dominican. You can stay outside of the new house and you know he's Dominican. Facts. Because he gotta have a flag somewhere. He gotta have this. Not e- yo, not even you don't even that- you don't even need all that. You could just look at him. He'll he'll make he'll make that one facial expression. He won't even say a word, and you already know. Yeah, it's funny, man. So like, it, like we proud, proud because you know where you come from. You know it's only nine to ten million people in our country, and you represent. No matter where you go, that's what you represent. Yeah, and you proud of that, like especially man playing for the national team. Like it, for me, it was it was an honor, man. Like. It's amazing when you put that jersey on and you playing in DR and you look like I I, I was five on that 95. It's about the year six. I, yeah, I was old. That was old. When they beat, when they beat so, Puerto Rico? Yes. Yeah, that was a big game. I was Jaime, game, Jaime, Jaime hit that half court shot. <laughs> half time. Game, bro. <laughs> I was at that game. And I mean, like, I get chills now. Yeah, that was a good game. We couldn't, it was so packed. So we go, it's a ramp to go to a Central League to go to the game. Yeah, It was so packed against Puerto Rico and the gate was there. There was so many people without tickets. They started pushing the gate, pushing oh, the gate and they took the shit. gate down. Get out of here. 
And I was little and I'm like, my mom is holding my hand and I couldn't breathe. And Maita's, Maita's wife's brother picked me up and put me wow. in his shoulders. And that's how we was able to get him. We kept pushing. We got in the game and I remember watching it. So when I kind of rewatched as an adult and watched like at a talent level and like, I got chills, man. Like it was crazy. Yo, I was I was watching it the other day, and uh, man, I can't remember the name of the Puerto Rican center. Um, Picoli, I think it was Pico, his name, right? Yeah, Picoli. Yeah. Yo, Picoli, Picoli was yo the discipline on that dude. I was like, yeah. yo, that first half of the game, I was like, because I, I didn't know the outcome, so I was watching yeah. it basically for the first time. Actually, no, Jaime told me he was like, yeah, we 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 did it, whatever. But I was like, <laughs> I saw that first half, and I'm like, I don't know, bro, like. Puerto Rico came really like disciplined, like their passes were crisp, like they would they would defer to the, the open man, like and then like you said earlier, like DR's style, running gun, like you know it's it's a lot of mobility, but it felt a little bit more wild than Puerto Rico's style, right? Yeah, things flipped. I swear, I, I told Jaime, I was like, yo, after you hit that half court shot, shit, just like I mean, the game was close, but that's when you saw like things move right yeah and yep. it, was, it was i mean to be there i could yo i could totally understand the chills like, that shit was Ill. i had the, the my whole like before i actually experienced it myself on a court the best feeling that i ever had was like once we got in there and we was playing puerto rico and then the flag it was like doing the wave with yeah, flags yeah. in the arena yeah. like like to this day like i still got that picture in mind i was like yo that's amazing. Then I got to experience that in 2009, the same tournament, mm. and we ended up losing to Puerto Rico that year. Right. I was like, bro. I mean, for like, for better or worse, like playing Puerto Rico, and that's like the championship. For you know, yeah, like we we like that that's, was the championship. That's we how, them in the championship. We no, them in no, the but I mean, no matter what, like every game you play, DR oh, yeah, versus yeah, Puerto yeah, Rico, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. it's treated. Yeah. And yep. and I think that's that that's in a lot of cases that's the downfall because as soon as you beat Puerto Rico, whenever that happens, like everybody just takes a break. It's like, oh no, we did yep. it. Turns it down. <laughs> you right, you right, man. Yo, Ron, man. Um, I don't want to take up more of your time. I know you got some other things you got uh, pending. Yo, we we got to do some more of these. Um, and I, I really appreciate mo many things, but ultimately for you being our guest in this little series I'm trying to put together here of, of Dominican Americans. So, um. Hopefully we'll have a few more uh, down the line. Uh, actually, consecutively is the intention. So um, we could tie these little stories together in these journeys, and I think it'll be a nice little uh, reminder of of that era of hoops. Nah, man, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you having me. Obviously, you know how it is, man. We always, our stories and, and being connected to the city, to DR, I'm actually honored for you to be doing this, you know what I mean? So to let our stories be known and, and, and it's good to hear that, man. Like sometimes I hear Jaime, I want to hear his story and sit yeah. down with him and talk about it with all oh, different eras, like what y'all went through, you know, right. so this is the same thing we went through. And I get excited about that because it teaches you also like where you want to go once you get to the next generation. I want to, you want to teach them on how represent everybody else that wore the jersey or been through the same experiences. So yeah, so, man. I'm honored, man. I appreciate it. Keep doing your thing. Appreciate you already you. know, man. Much love and respect. All right, brother. Yo, we'll, we'll wrap, bro. And uh, I'll let you know when this drops. Yo, keep stay safe. No te vuelva loco. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I'll see you on the other side of this, bro. 
Be easy. Yes, sir, you already know, bro. All right, peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dribbling Dimes. If you like what you heard, please leave a review or comment wherever you're listening to us now. Check us out on social media as well. We're live on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. On all platforms, you can find us at D-R-I-B-B-L-E-N-D-I-M-E-S.